Oh God, how we all need you. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 13. I selected that video because it speaks of the condition of the heart of every one of us. And the parable in which we're about to read is one of the parables in which Jesus gives to us that talks about the condition of the human heart. And all too often, as human beings, we have neglected to look at the depth of the condition of our human heart. And God has forever been trying to remind us and tell us that He understands the brokenness of the condition of the human heart. But that He has come, and He has come with a purpose to take that broken heart and make it whole again. So if you got your Bibles open to uh, Matthew chapter 13, you might remember this parable. It's the parable of the sower of the seed. And so I want us to stand as we honor the reading of the Word. I want to read the first nine verses and then jump down to the explanation of what this text speaks to our hearts about in verses 18 through 23. And in this parable, Jesus here in Matthew and again in Luke speaks to us, the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside and a great multitude were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things before them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he had sowed some seeds, it fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell on, upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell upon thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them out. But others fell upon the good ground and brought forth fruits, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now if you'll jump down to verse 18, Jesus begins to speak to what this parable should say to us. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and casteth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he that receiveth the seed in the stony place, the same is he that heareth the word and anon with joy receiveth it, yet has, no be, yet has he not root in himself. But dureth for a while, for when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the words, and the cares of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches chokes the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed unto the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Father, we ask that as we have read and heard and perhaps, Lord, many, many times before, even heard sermons on the sower of the seed. Lord, now I pray that, Father, that you would speak honestly to our hearts, that, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would have liberty to speak to everyone that is within the hearing of my voice, that they would determine within themselves what is the condition of their heart today? Where are they in this uh, condition of the heart? And so, Father, whether we are speaking to the lost or to the saved today, there is an application for both. And I pray that you would move me out of the way and hide me behind the cross, that you would give me the words to say this morning that would speak to both conditions, both groups. And Lord, would you speak unto our hearts and would we be honest before you and the Holy Spirit and respond to you uh, in obedience to what the Spirit is saying to us today. Now, Father, have your will and way done in this service, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. You know, I kind of got into this. I, I've been with my time, uh, extra time. Uh, I've done some extra reading, and, and I've been looking at how to um, 
share with you all how that we can take everyday conversations and turn them into gospel conversations. And Jesus was a master at that. He was a master teacher of teaching about everyday things, but yet turning it around so that there was a spiritual conversation being taken place that people didn't even realize until they were hooked. We too need to understand how to do that. We too need to learn to do that. We too need to be doing that every day with people. Lost people all around us are looking for something that we have that we can share with them to point them in the right direction. So just as Jesus was able to take everyday situations and turn them into spiritual truths, we should too. Such is the case with the passage that we have just finished reading. As Jesus sat by the seaside teaching, he began to talk about the image of which many in that area would have been familiar with. He talked about a man taking seed into a field. He pictured that man as casting the seed upon the earth. The seed fell upon the ground and landed upon different types of soil. Some of the seed brought forth fruit, others did not. Jesus used this common image to teach them who heard him and to try to teach us this morning the difference between the, the condition of the human heart. So important for us to do an examination of our own condition this morning. Jesus used this common image so that we might look upon our own hearts and we might ask the Holy Spirit to uh, take the seed of the gospel and to plant it into our life. But before doing that, that we might ask the Holy Spirit to cultivate our hearts, to prepare us, to make us ready to receive that which He has for us this morning. I believe there are some here among us this morning that have not yet received the, the word of the Lord. They have not come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You've heard the gospel. You've heard uh, the call. You, you, you've uh, been around it, but you have yet to respond to it. There are some who have responded to the gospel, but because of the things of the world, you're still holding on to things and, and not fully grasping and growing in him. And then there are those of you that are here among us today that, that love the Lord with all your heart, and, and God is bearing out that by producing fruit in and through your lives. We want to talk about the condition of the human heart today, and then I want to draw two applications uh, with you today. So from his words, we're going to learn uh, the human heart is like the soil in, in this parable. It either receives the seed of the gospel and produces a spiritual harvest and fruit, or it's unprepared and unproductive uh, and bringing no value to the glory of the Lord. As we move through these verses, it's my prayer for you that you would examine your own heart and see what kind of soil you are today and what God needs to do in you to move you closer to being a soil that will germinate the seed of the gospel. It may be that the Lord will have a word for your life today from this message. So first of all, let's look at the, the plan to sow the seed. The plan to sow the field is so important here. The sower's identity in this parable is that it is a parable of a sower who is a farmer, who is broadcasting the seed. Now, let me just give you a, a little word picture, if you would, for that word broadcasting, because I really wanted you to get the idea. Uh, the word broadcast means that it's not selective. It's not put the seed in this spot, in this spot, but it's to take a handful of the seed and to throw it out there so that it goes wherever it goes. And that's exactly what God has intended the gospel to do. He has never intended it for it to be something that we go around and look for somebody individually and say, I'm going to share the gospel just with you. God wants us to share the gospel with everybody. He wants us to broadcast the seed into the field. According to Jesus and his interpretation of the parable, in Mark chapter 4 and verse 14, the sower sows the word of God. The sower pictured in this parable is a reference to Jesus and by extension 
to all of those who will share the gospel of Jesus Christ, rather preaching it, rather uh, sharing it, rather handing out a tract, rather uh, just uh, praying for those and telling them about Jesus and his love. The sower in this parable is a man who goes into a field with the intention of raising a crop and gleaning a harvest. He has an expectation to reap something from his labor, a profit from the crop that he is sowing. But not only do we see the identity of the sower, that he's a farmer willing to broadcast a seed and throw it wherever it will, but we see the sower's intention. The farmer must give something away before he can ever expect to receive something in return. He takes the precious seed that he has saved from the last harvest and he goes out into the field and he broadcasts it. He casts it onto the ground, not knowing that which will produce fruit or that which will reject it, but he takes that precious gift, the seed, and he throws it out there with expectation that it will not return unto him void. The seed is all that the farmer has, and he gives it away, hoping to receive more in return. This is exactly what our heavenly sower, the Lord Jesus Christ, did for us. Jesus gave his all so that there might be a gospel seed for you and I to cast into the soil of the human heart. He died on a cross and he rose from the grave, literally giving his all knowing that, that some seed would fall upon good soil and there would be a great harvest that would come back to him. Jesus gave his all for you and for me so that we might have a gospel message to believe in today. The message we preach is a message about a free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that, that God is offered unto us. Jesus said, He that the Father has given unto me, and likewise none will be lost. The, the God of the universe sent His Son into the world to be the propitiation for our sinfulness so that He might cast His life upon the hearts of humanity so that they might come to know Him. However, while salvation may be free, it was not cheap. It cost the, the glory of heaven his life upon the cross. He gave all that he had so that, that he could give us a soul-saving gospel, a life-changing gospel to preach and to believe in in ourselves. My friends, we need to praise God for the fact that he devised such a perfect plan to save those who would believe. If you're saved this morning, our hearts should be filled with praise for Him, for his, in His name, for He sent His Son, Jesus, to die for you, to raise from the dead, so that you not only could have the forgiveness of sin, but so that you and I could have the promise of eternal life, so that when we die, yet though we die, yet shall we live. We're only going to die in this mortal flesh, those who know our Savior as Lord. For we are absent from the body to be present with the Lord. He sent His Son Jesus to die for you. In spite of your sinful condition, He loved you and extended His grace unto you, and He saved your soul. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 reminds us that, that Christ's love was so great that while we were yet sinners, He died for us. And then, of course, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 remind us, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of works, not anything that you and I are, are able to do for ourselves, not that any of us uh, are worthy of or deserve of, but yet by His grace, He has given unto us eternal life. We sometimes think that we're doing God a favor when we come to the altar and say, God, I'm going to give you my life. Boy, you're getting a prize today, God. I, I, I'm coming forward, and today I'm going to give you my life. Well, listen, let me tell you something. You're not doing any favors to God. God's doing a favor for you. You're, you're nothing, my friends. I'm nothing. In spite of my sinfulness, He still loves us. 
We're not offering God a gift. God's giving us a gift. So we see, not only do we look at the fact that the plan to sow the seed, to sow that field, but we see the potential of just one seed. I want you to understand that, you know, for many of us, we have this idea that, you know, I, 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 I don't know that I really have anything worth sharing with other people. I don't know that, that, that anything that I say is going to make a difference. Can I just remind you that this parable reminds us of the great truth that there is great potential in just one seed? Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. First of all, it holds great promise. Now, what is that promise? More. More. You see, the reality is that, that this parable reminds us of the fact that, that, that one seed falling on good soil will come back and it will, will, will have the potential. Now, you know, depending on what you, 30, 60, 100, you know, uh, verses 8 and, thir- and 23 bear out the fact that one little seed has the potential of multiplying itself by thousands of percentages. Those of us who have farmed, those of us who have ever gardened, have seen this potential in action. You plant one bean seed, just one. You put it in the ground in one little hole, and you plant that bean, and a, and, a, and a plant pops up out of the ground. And as you watch that plant mature, and as you, you see it grow, and all of a sudden, there's not one bean on that plant. There are beans all over that stinking plant, and there are five to seven Beans in a pod. And then if you count them, and I've done this, I've I've done this crazy thing. I just looked at one plant and and, and how much it it, it reproduces. I'm telling you, when we think about the the value of one seed and how that it, it, it brings so much more, then if you've ever planted a squash seed, them rascals are something. I mean, you let that squash grow, and then you open it up, and there are not just a few seeds in there. There are hundreds of seeds in there. And if you take one squash out of the multitude of squash that come on a, uh, on a vine, man, what a reproductive system that you have. Then, of course, you, you, you know, no farmer can stop without talking about the corn, you know, the, uh, an ear of corn. You plant one seed and you get a stalk and you don't just get one ear. You'll get three to four on there and then you open that up and you peel that back and you look at all the rows, all of the rows on that cob of every seed that's on there and the multiplication of it is, is, is astonishing. The God of the universe created the plants in such a way that we can look at it and say, you know what, the value of one seed has the potential to produce enough to feed the world through its reproductive system. Wow. So I want you to understand that that sharing the gospel with one person can make a difference in multitude of people. Multitude of people. Now, so such is the seed of the grace of the gospel. If it's sown in the right heart, it will produce much. Now, not only does it hold great promise, but it also holds great power. Life. You see, that seed has to be thrown to the ground. It has to die before it can ever reproduce something else. For life to come from the seed, it must first fall to the ground and die. Jesus had to come and first die on the cross before salvation could ever be applied to your heart and mine. And then just like that seed that falls to the ground, just like that plant or that seed we put in the dirt and cover it up, after a period of time, it pops up in newness of life. Jesus Christ rose from the grave. So to to remind us that the sharing of the gospel always has the potential to bring forth life. It's worth noting here that when the seed germinates, it always changes the ground in which it is planted. That which had been barren, uh, uh, just bare earth, is now yielding a harvest for the glory of the sower. 
When the seed of the gospel finds a lodging place in the heart of a, a, a life that has been plowed by the word of God and tilled by the grace of God and been worked over by the Holy Spirit of God, it germinates and leaves the heart forever changed, producing a, a harvest of spiritual fruit for the glory of God. But let me just remind you that, that if the seed takes root, it will change the ground around it. So if the gospel is in your heart, there has to be a change. There cannot be an acceptance of the gospel in a, not a life unchanged by the gospel. It's an impossibility. If your life has not been radically changed since you have said you've accepted the seed of the gospel, then my friends, you have not received the seed of the gospel in germination, meaning that it has not taken root in your life for it will have to change. This is what the Lord does. He takes that which was dead and makes it alive. He takes that which was barren and makes it fruitful. He takes that which was rotten and he makes it well. This is what the Lord wants from your life and from mine. He wants to produce his fruit in our hearts. The hearts of those that have been redeemed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. But let's get to the heart of the message, and it comes now. The, the, we've talked about the, the plan to sow the field. We've talked about the potential of just one seed. But we've really got to talk about the problem in the soil. You see, the parable is really all about this. It's all about the problem in the soil. Jesus wanted the people that were listening that day to understand that they had to have an examination of their hearts in order to receive the gospel. So as the sower sowed the seed, it fell upon four distinct kinds of soil. We find mentioned here each of the soils were a good soil. It's not to say the soil wasn't good, it's just that the condition of the soil was not ready to receive the gospel. Uh, and, and when it landed upon it, it determined its potential of producing or non-producing a harvest. Remember, we're comparing the soils to the condition of the human heart, your heart, my heart, the heart of the lost person around us. Just as there are no bad soils, there are no bad hearts. Now, I know somebody's going to say, but preacher, wait a minute. Uh, I thought all hearts were bad. Listen, I, I understand what Jeremiah said. The heart is deceitfully wicked above all things, and I'm not changing the word of God. I'm not trying to, to, to rehash uh, 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 what God has said. But here's what we need to re remember. There is no heart unredeemable by God. That's exactly what I'm trying to get you to see, that all hearts have the potential to be redeemed by God. You see, there's no heart too wicked that God cannot save it. Now, I know that we look around and we see some wicked people. We know some wicked things. And we say, well, can the gospel? Yes, the gospel can change the most wicked of hearts. It changed mine. And that's what the, 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 the Lord wants us to remember. The Lord in his grace allows the seed of the gospel to fall upon the hearts, all hearts, what makes the heart unable to receive the seed is the condition it finds itself when the gospel lands upon it. So looking at the four gospels very quickly this morning, uh, we're going to mention the, some things that Jesus makes clear for us as we understand the condition of the human heart. And why people, some people respond to the gospel immediately and why others do not. And why sometimes we have to continue to share the gospel over and over and over again. One of these soils is going to paint a picture, a perfect picture of your heart and my heart. What I want you to do is listen to me next for the next few moments, and I want you to just think about what picture is God revealing to me about my heart? What condition is my heart in? Now, uh, again, I'm going to make an application to two groups of people. First, I'm going to make an application to those that have never received the gospel. If you've never bowed a knee to the Lord Jesus Christ and confessed in your heart and in uh, your life that Jesus is your Savior, I'm speaking to you about your condition of your heart. Where are you? Uh, and, and so that the gospel can, can penetrate your heart 
and germinate a, a soul-saving uh, life. Then I want to speak to those of us who have received the gospel. And you might be thinking, well, this is really about uh, uh, lost people. But yes, it is, but there's another application here. Many of us as Christians have found ourselves in one of these four conditions, and we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. So I'm going to talk to both groups, so all of you listen. All right? So we're going to talk about uh, the condition of our, our, our hearts today. Remember, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. Okay? So first of all, we see that the hard soil. The first one that Jesus says that he speaks about is the farmer is casting a seed. He says, some fall upon the hard soil. We are told that he speaks about the person who hears the gospel but doesn't understand it or is unwilling to respond to it. They're not ready. They're not willing. They're, 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 they've held on and they're not going. They're hanging on and they're not moving. And there's nothing you can do to make them move. All right? So they don't understand. that This could be, uh, and he could be talking about... Uh, uh, um, you know, many different things. They cannot make that connection between the claims of the gospel and the claims of their own condition of their heart. Maybe they are steeped in sin and refuse to believe. Maybe they're calloused and cold towards the things of God and refuse to hear because of things that have happened in their lives. Maybe they've simply just hardened their hearts over the years against the call of the gospel and said, you know what, I'm just not doing it. Like the path trampled underfoot for centuries, the ground beneath our feet is hardened. And we oftentimes see people who are hard-hearted. Whatever the reason they are hard-hearted, the seed of the gospel cannot penetrate that kind of soil. And so that heart sheds it off. When this happens, the devil and his minions will be sure to snatch away the gospel before it ever makes any inroads. When this happens, those who have heard the gospel have a tendency of getting harder to the gospel because it didn't make the change in their life. This person has a heart that is not prepared for the work of the grace that leads to salvation. Now listen, I'm not saying that they can't be. I'm saying at this point in their life, they're not. And so it's up to us to cultivate that, that ground. It's up to us to, to be used of God to first cast the seed and let God do the work of salvation. Second of all, for us to love them and, and to, to uh, cultivate the ground around them to prepare their hearts so that maybe we can move them from the hard ground to a, to a little less hard so that the, the, the gospel might find a crack in their armor. So important for us to realize that we play a certain part in helping even the hardened of hearts come to know Jesus as Savior. We oftentimes wonder how some people can continually spurn the gospel message. And my friends, the best that I can say is that it's because they have chosen to harden their heart. We just need to convince them to make a different choice open their heart. And second of all, he says that there is the stony soil. In verses 5 and 6, and then in verses 20 and 21, this kind of soil speaks to the heart that makes an emotional response to the presentation of the gospel. And I've seen this many, many times over the years. Uh, perhaps that person heard the gospel and said, that's what I need to get me out of my problems. I knew there was something to get me out of the troubles that I'm going through. Preacher, sign me up. I want that free ride. I want that Holy Ghost goodness. I want everything that comes with it. I want all my problems to go away. That's not the gospel. That's the lie of Satan. The gospel don't make all your problems go away. Oh no, matter of fact, receiving the gospel oftentimes opens up our lives to more problems. And so that's what he's talking about. Maybe, maybe it was the person who, who, who their friend came during VBS and they said, well, if Joey's going, I'm going. If he's going to get a lollipop, I'm getting one. So I'm going forward. And there are many adults who follow suit 
They think if their wife or their husband gets saved, then of course I've got to follow along, even though their heart is not right. It's not ready for the gospel. Or perhaps they come for some other reason. Whatever their motive, they make a profession, but it's a shallow one at best. They may even show signs of life in the Lord, but when Christianity doesn't turn out the way that they thought, and the problems don't go away, and, and, and the, the, the checkbook doesn't grow, and, and the spouse doesn't get better, they say, wait a minute, I think I was sold a bill of goods. I'm out. And how quickly they shrink away from their willingness to follow Christ. And they soon disappear back into the things of the world. I've seen it too many times. It's heartbreaking. They're here for a few weeks and then they're gone. And you go and knock on their door and they just said, I tried it, it didn't work, I'm done. They shrink away from their willingness to pick up the cross and follow Jesus as he tells us to do. Listen, picking up our cross means that you're going to have to struggle through some things. That sanctification of our life means that it's not, salvation is instantaneous. Sanctification is a lifelong process of saying, God, I'm not giving up. I'm sticking with you as you stick with me. These are the people who make the, the profession go like gangbusters for a short time and then they're right back into the world. And then the third soil that he talks about is the thorny soil. <clears throat> In verses 7 and 22, this is a picture of a heart that tries to have the benefits of the gospel while still clinging to the thorns of sin. Without a conscious break from the old life <clears throat> of sin, and the pe <clears throat> that person does not have a chance of being saved. The seed of the gospel, my friends, cannot survive. Cannot survive in the heart of one who has not yet let go of their sin. The seed of the gospel cannot produce fruit in a heart filled with other things. The seed must have the ground or the sin must have the ground. The two cannot be shared. You see, that's what the gospel does, is it, it, it changes the soil, changes the heart. And if we're unwilling to let go of the things of this world, we're going to struggle. And the things of this world, my friends, I'm telling you, are, they are strong. And if we don't have the, uh, the right foundation, if we don't have people uh, helping to pull the weeds of our life, then listen, I'm telling you, the weeds will overtake and they will choke out the plant. They will choke out life. Jesus said it was the cares of this world and the quest for the riches, earthly riches that, that spelled disaster for this kind of soil. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 reminds us, and it says, Therefore, seeing that we are so compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run the race with patience that is set before us. You see, if we don't lay aside the sin of our life, if we don't get rid of the things of this world, if we don't pull up the weeds in our life and, and, and allow the gospel to... to take root, then the weeds will choke us out. This kind of person means well, but is unwilling to let go of the things of this world, the sin that, that is in their life, and, and, and they have a tendency of allowing the sin to take over their hearts. And then God ends on a positive note. He talks about the good soil. This is a picture of the heart that has been plowed deeply by the word of God. It's been cultivated by the spirit of God. It's, it, it's been uh, fertilized by uh, the, the prayers of the saints. It's a heart that is prepared and ready to receive the gospel when presented. When the seed of the gospel hits this kind of heart, it immediately germinates. It begins to grow roots and bear fruit to the glory of God. 
This heart alone pictures the, the, the kind of heart that truly can say that salvation has taken place in my life. Now, I told you I was going to give you two applications, and so here we go. Here's the applications. While this kind of soil does speak to those of the matter of salvation, if you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ today, I can guarantee you that you are one of those four areas. Your heart is hardened by the things of this world. You, you've, you've just rejected God, said, I don't need Him. I, I can do it on my own. You know, um, you know maybe you're, you're, you're um, like one of the others, the, the thorny ground, the stone, stony ground. Maybe today you're, you're of the good soil. Maybe today the Spirit of God is speaking to you and saying, you know what? You've heard the gospel. You've heard that Jesus came from heaven, that he lived a sinless life. He, he died a sinless death upon a cross, taking upon himself the sins of the world. Then was placed in a tomb and, and buried for three days, but yet the grave and death could not hold him. But he rose from the grave and he, he came back to life as a testimony of the salvation that God wants to bring to all men today you're saying I need that I don't need it because it's going to give me something great I need it because I am lost I am broken I am sinful and I need his grace I need his forgiveness I need a new life mine's not working and I tell you today I'm going to give you a, an opportunity to come and receive that sa savior that salvation but then I want to talk to, the, to those of us that are here today that have already received the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, if we're not careful, even those of us that can, are saved can allow ourselves to develop the wrong kind of heart. We can become hard-hearted towards the things of God, um, towards His house and His word. We can say, you know what? I'm tired of the church. There's a bunch of hypocrites down there. All they do is, is talk about money and they, they just talk about, uh, you know, my sin. I'm just done with it all. You know, even for a believer, that's, that's a hard heart. We have a tendency of uh, when we're struggling with our sin to blame the gospel, to blame the word of God. And we can become hardened to the things of God and to the house of God and to the people of God. Maybe you're here today and, 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 or maybe you're not here today, but you're, you somehow or for some reason are listening today and you're saying, mm, yep, that's me. I, I've just gotten so fed up with those people. Listen, it's not about us people. It's about your heart. And God's speaking to your heart. But maybe you're here today and, and, and you're not hardened to those kinds of things, but um, maybe, maybe you've allowed other things to step in. Um, maybe you've grown shallow in your commitment to the Lord. Maybe your roots are not as deep as you thought they were. And, and you're no longer committed to the work of the Lord. You're no longer committed to the things of the Lord. I, you know what? Let somebody else do it. There's enough people down there. Let them do it. I've got other things to do. I've got more important things to do. I've got things that I've got to do for me. I'm afraid far too many Christians today are, are shallow in their relationship with Christ we want him for what we can get out of him, but we're not willing to pick up our cross and follow him. It's time that we recognize that sometimes our shallowness plays out in the fact that we're sitting on the sidelines when there is much, much work to be done. We could be a part of that great work of God, but yet we have used excuses. We have, we have allowed ourselves to justify why we're not doing anything. A few weeks back, one of our ladies came to me and said, you know, sometime back, and I couldn't remember when, you preached a message and talked about uh, the fact of service and that we need to be doing something. She said, God spoke to my heart and said, I'm not doing anything. I need to be doing something. Can I start a ministry? And she has. 
You see, I think that we need to examine our heart to make sure that we have not become so shallow and so um, uh, unconcerned about the, the things of the gospel that we're sitting on the sidelines while the, the work of Christ is going undone. Or we might allow our lives to become filled with the wrong kinds of things. You know, maybe we've allowed the, the things of this world to take root in our life. We, we're looking to the things uh, of this world instead of the things of this word. And we're trusting more in the things of the world than we are in the word of God. And I can guarantee you that when the, you're spending more time in the world and in worldly things and sinful things, this word will go away. You won't pick it up and you won't read it and you won't spend time in it because you know that every time you do, it convicts your heart. It reveals to you there's things that don't belong. And the old saying goes, sin will keep you from this book or this book can keep you from your sins. We need to make a choice. Are we going to let the things of the world rob the joy of the Lord and our service to Him? Are we going to let the things of life crowd out the things of God? Christian, can you just be honest with yourself for just a minute? Would you? Would you just be open and honest with yourself? I'm not asking you to be honest with me. I'm just asking you to be honest with yourself. If you will, I'm going to give you just a few questions that I want you to ask your heart. Here they are. What kind of soil is in my heart today? Where am I in this area of these four soils? Have I become hardened to the things of God? Have I just, you know, said, I'm just not going to let those things bother me? Am I shallow in my commitment to him and his work? Have I just kind of went to the sidelines and said, let somebody else do it for me? Am I constantly distracted, burdened, and even defeated by the sins and the cares of this world? I've allowed sin to creep into my life and take up residence, and I'm unwilling to get it out. And now it's taking up more and more space, crowding out more and more of my God. Am I bearing the kind of fruit that God speaks of in his word? Is the seed of the gospel that has been planted in my life actually producing the fruit by me sharing the gospel with others, helping others come to know Christ? Have I been... Concerned enough about the lostness, the 155,000 people that die and go to hell every day, that I've said, you know what, I'm going to tell you what my Savior's done for me. I'm simply asking you to be honest with yourselves, as I've had to be honest with myself, about what is the condition of my heart. Boy, I tell you, I've been challenged lately that, that I've not been the example of a pastor who believes evangelism is the number one important thing. I've allowed my life to get so busy caring for the sick and the weak and the frail that I've not been investing in the lostness of people around me. God has revealed that I can preach the gospel from here every week. But if I don't go out there where they are, I'm a hypocrite. I need to go out to where the people are and find ways to tell them about Jesus. Taking simple conversations and making them gospel conversations. We need to set the example. We, the church, need to go out into a lost and dying world and say, listen, let me tell you what my Savior's done for me. So let me close. As we remember the words of the Lord Jesus in John chapter 4 and verse 35, 
where he says, Say ye not yet, there are four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Behold, I tell you, rise your eyes, and observe the fields, they are white unto harvest. We're reminded that the fact that there will never be a harvest like that, unless we seed the ground around us. If we want to see people come to know the Lord, we must cast the seed. We must broadcast it across the ground. The farmer can can have the most fertile soil, the best of seeds and the best of intentions, but if he never gets out into the field and sows the seed, no crop will ever be produced church we can continue to sit here week after week in this beautiful building that the Lord has given us and we can continue to preach the gospel in hopes that somebody will hear it we can even gather on Tuesday mornings and pray for sinners and ask the Lord to to change their hearts we can even have the precious word of God in our hands But unless we actually go out into the world and tell the lost and dying what Jesus has done for us, we have done nothing with it. We'll never see a harvest. Oh, we might see one or two here or there uh, saved by grace as we bring our children in. But we'll never see the great multitude of souls come to Christ that God has said that we should. May God help us, every one of us, go out and tell the world what Jesus has done. Whether we sow the seed or whether we have the joy of reaping that which has already been sown, does it really matter which? They both need to be done. All that matters is that we need to get out of our seats and on our feet and go and do the Great Commission, telling the lost of the love of our Savior, telling the the hundreds of thousands, the millions, that there is a hope of salvation if they will receive. So let me speak to you that might be here and listening today that might not know Jesus. Let me tell you that salvation is yours for the receiving. All you have to do is acknowledge that you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that you can't do anything to save yourself, but Jesus has done everything needed to save you. He came, he lived, he died, he rose again, he has ascended back into the right hand of the Father. He's interceding, praying for you every day that you might come out of your sinfulness and, and have the word of God planted in your heart and that you might come to know him listen you'll never get to heaven unless that happens Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life and no man comes unless they come through the gospel of Jesus Christ it's the only way so I'm going to pray for you right now that you'll you'll make that commitment rather at home and if you do the, the information's on the screen for those of you that are here if you need to we're here Josh is here I'm here Tom's here. We'd be glad to share the gospel with you. But I'm going to pray for you, the church, for me, the church, that we would recognize the condition of our own hearts and that we would stop allowing the sin of this life and and the excuses of this life and um, whatever else in this life to to stop the, the productivity of the fruit of the gospel. Father, we come before you this morning and thank you for the opportunity to preach your word and, Lord, to share this message that's been speaking to my heart. And I pray that, Father, that if there is one here today that doesn't know you, that has never received you as Savior and Lord, do that work. Lord, for the Bible says that no man cometh unto the Father unless he is first drawn by the Spirit. Lord, would you prepare the heart? 
and cause them, Father, to receive you, O Lord. Father, for the church, I pray that, Father, that we would be honest before you. And Lord, if there's sin in our life that needs to be gotten rid of, God, I pray that you would purge the root of sin. I pray that, Father, that you would not allow it to take root in our lives, but, but Lord, let the gospel produce the fruit that will choke out the weeds instead of the weeds choke out the fruit. Oh, Lord, Father, whatever it is that's going on in our hearts and in our lives, Lord, may we trust you more than we trust this world. May we hold on to you tighter than we're holding on to the world. Father, help us today to be the church that Jesus wants us to be. Help us to leave today going forth with the gospel of Jesus Christ, flourishing, producing fruit in and through our lives. Oh, Father, would you allow your word to speak to their hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here this morning and there is a need that you have that you want to share with us, um, I would just ask that you would just stick around. Let us, let us talk to you. Let us just have the opportunity to be able to say, let me show you what God's doing, what he's saying, what his word says. Our heart's desire is that there would be none that would go home in need of salvation, but that all would know that the gospel is for them. Making noises. All right. So, I'm going to ask that for those of us that know that we've saved, would you search your heart this week? Would you just ask God to show you the condition of your heart? And ask Him to begin to change it so that it would become, again, that fertile soil that, that is producing much fruit in your life. Talk to a farmer. They'll tell you. You, you don't take rough soil and, and, and make it good soil overnight. It takes a process of working the ground. Let the Holy Spirit work in your life. And let him produce fruit in your life. May God continue to challenge you as you hear from him this week. So I'm going to ask that as we...